A lot of times we think if we commit to one platform, we are leaving something on the table. But you are definitely leaving stuff on the table on every single platform because you can't show up with all of you. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 88, and today we are talking about a question that we get asked a lot. And when we say a lot, we mean like a lot, a lot. (laughs) And that question is, how many channels should you be using to market your business? And we've had this question, even personally. We When we first Mm -hmm. started, we were kind of like, oh gosh, where do we have to be? Do we have to be everywhere all at once? Do we have to like sprinkle things in as we go? Do we have to see which ones we're liking the best? And those are all great questions. But we have a pretty unpopular opinion when it comes to the answer of this. And we think that you should only focus on one. And you're probably crapping your pants with that because you're like, wait, I'm everywhere. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I have a podcast. I'm on Pinterest. Like one, I can't even imagine that. But there's there's good reason behind it. And we're going to get into that later in the episode. But um, if you type this question into Google, this is what you see on just page one. So you, you see things like you should always be looking at anywhere between six and 12 marketing channels, depending on your business. Short form, short form videos and influencer marketing are top marketing channels that businesses plan to invest more time in in 2023. 19 must-have marketing channels to try now. 19, you guys. What <laughs> the I can't hell? even list the 19. Like, like if you ask me to take, even 19 say, options. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what? And then 14 marketing channels you should focus on in 2023. Again, 14? Like, I think I yeah. could come up with, like, maybe close to 10. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that probably has you feeling exhausted and it has us feeling exhausted. And we can't even imagine being in 19 different places all the time and trying to focus on all of them equally at the same time. That's just absurd. Like you, you would have no life. No, no, it's not, it's not physically possible to be there. And I think the pressure, no matter where, what stage you are in your business, the pressure to be everywhere and to show up everywhere is so strong because you might have, and even for us, like we have business friends we're really close to who really focus on YouTube or who really focus on TikTok and we don't show up on those platforms yet. Like, is that an aspiration we have? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But are we there right now? No. And I think that's okay. And you have to remember that when you are choosing your platform right now, that one, you don't need to be everywhere. Like get rid of that mentality that you have to be on every single platform because you absolutely do not. And two, this isn't forever. Like you do not have to be on this one platform forever and never change, never add. Like this isn't a permanent life decision. You're not getting married to this platform. It's going to be okay. You can do and change your mind later. And a lot of times we think if we commit to one platform, we are leaving something on the table. 
but it's really that's not what it is because by being everywhere you are definitely leaving stuff on the table on every single platform because mm-hmm. you can't show up with all of you like it's physically not humanly possible and we aren't content creation machines we yeah. are human beings that need to do our work in addition to marketing ourselves. Yeah. By being everywhere, you're actually probably showing up nowhere, really. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about it, because you're spreading mm-hmm. yourself and your content and everything you do so thin that you're not showing up fully dedicated to the channels that you should be really focusing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think the pressure to be on video right now is so, so strong. And we had a podcast episode a little bit ago that we'll link in the show notes um, with one of our friends who focuses on introvert marketing. Mm -hmm. And she talked about how like she just didn't want to do it anymore. And she still has a thriving business and she isn't even like showing her face on video or social media at all. She's focusing on her email list and her podcast, I believe. And all of that works for her. And I think that's such, that's such key. So We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about one, like how you choose what that one platform is going to be and two, whether or not like that platform is right for you. How do you choose? And then also like, what's the whole, what's the objective of those platforms? So we'll talk about all of that, but the very first things we want you to think through are one, how to choose that platform. So here's some questions that you need to think about. One, you need to think about where your audience is. So where where are they living? Who is your audience? Like really think about that brand persona. Indi- like think of them as an individual, not a whole group of people, but one specific individual and where they like to be and where they like to show up. And if you don't know, maybe ask like the couple individuals that might be your potential audience and say like, hey, where do you hang out? Like from a social media or just a platform standpoint, is there anywhere where you like to engaged? Do you like to watch TikTok videos? Do you like to go on LinkedIn? Do you prefer to be on Facebook or Instagram? Like whatever that may be, ask them what they prefer. Um, also, where do you like to be? So it's not just about your audience. No. <laughs> you need to like it too. Because I can guarantee you that if our audience said that they love to be on TikTok, I don't I don't know. I might have to ha- find a happy medium. Yeah, it would be it would be probably more me having to be on TikTok, which would be okay because I do I like TikTok enough, but for me my like a creative outlet for me is actually curating the Instagram feed, which we have always talked about mm-hmm. too. Like you do not need the perfect feed and that has always been like it used to be that way and it's like mm-hmm. definitely fading out. But my creative outlet is like I do like to show my creativity through Instagram where TikTok is much more you're kind of just showing up every day how you look. You don't have to make it a yeah. curated feed. You're just being yeah you're just kind of being you, but like pouring your content out. I think also like how, so if, so say for example, where our audience said TikTok and that's where our audience lives, that's where they are. I personally don't like that platform. So then what I would need to do is I would need to determine how I'm going to show up on that platform. That is in a way that serves me the best, which if you go to our TikTok, you can see that I'm literally just talking to the camera. Like That is the only thing in the way that I will show up that feels authentic and true to me is coming on and sharing tips or advice or things that I'm seeing. It's not me coming on and doing a TikTok dance because I would die. Like, no. (laughs) 
Courtney would do that. She and it's if I have danced, it's because it's Courtney's yeah. idea, not or mine. Or if I see somebody wearing a wig, I'm gonna go grab one of my <laughs> wigs and I'm gonna put it on and do a dance for you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We have very different TikTok personalities. So, uh, but those are two things you have to think about where your audience is and where you like to be. Because if you are pouring all of your energy into a platform that you hate being at, it's going to show and people aren't going to be able to make that connection with you. Which could also maybe mean you're serving the wrong audience. Mm. Ooh, potentially. I, like I mean, wow. if you think about it, mm-hmm. because if your audience is showing up on one platform and they're there because of how that platform and interaction works, but that's definitely not where you want to be, maybe you should consider mm-hmm. an audience reevaluation. Yeah, or a whole brand strategy reevaluation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a good call. I like it. Um, in addition to that, also think about how much time you have to dedicate because certain platforms are going to take longer. It's going to take longer to probably write a blog post than it is to post something quickly on TikTok. So thinking through the amount of time you have is super important as well. And if right now you're one of those people who are like, I am showing up everywhere. How do I backtrack and just pick one and desert my audience, so to speak, on all these other platforms, which you're never deserting your audience because you can always repurpose. So your content might not be as unique on each platform, but you can absolutely repurpose. But when you are choosing just one and taking a step back for your sanity of showing up everywhere, you need to go and look at your analytics, your engagement. If you are asking on your website inquiry form, or if you're asking people who are buying your products, how they find you first, you can use all of that to help you make a decision on which platforms are basically bringing in the most revenue for you or which ones are the most important. So, um, and then finally is what's your objective. So this is a conversation we've had with some clients too, because the pressure to be everywhere also costs a lot of money because Mm -hmm. you can't physically do it, which means you're paying someone else to do it. And understanding what your ROI is or your return on investment in terms of, it doesn't have to be in terms of revenue always. So this is just really important to think about because not every platform that we show up on is a revenue driver for us. I would say not even close actually. Mm -mm. Like most of our platforms aren't yeah. ROA based. And it actually takes the pressure off. So mm-hmm. like when you think about it that way and you think about the fact that you're like not every post you push out on Instagram has to be driving you new business. It takes the pressure off. You can have some more fun. Your content is going to be more lighthearted and relatable. More authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a much better experience all around for the person creating the content and for the person consuming it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Especially when even on Instagram. So like that's, we're going to kind of break down these platforms and like what the focus of each of them should be or how it's worked for us anyways. Mm -hmm. And Instagram really is about that community and connection. And what Abby was just saying, just like showing up, making these friends, these online friends, um, you know, following our past clients, just really showing up and having that fun community aspect of it. And then you, you can, you know, create partnerships and you can be invited to speaking engagements and just other sort of collaborations come along with that. But when you do, obviously you're going to have a little bit of sales everywhere that you are. 
but anytime I create a social post where I'm trying to be a little salesy, it just <laughs> feel it feels so weird because I'm like, oh gosh, this is like community and fun and like mm-hmm. we're giving you content and we're like sharing things about our business and like our behind the scenes lives. But you do want to weave in a little bit of that sales here and there. You have to to keep your business going. But it does feel yeah. a li- and when it does feel weird in a space, it's probably because that's not the space where you should be driving more of your sales. It should yeah. be more of a space of authentic authenticity or, mm-hmm. um, you know, building relationships. Yeah. I also think like your call to having a call to action is so important. And that's something where like that might feel like the most salesy part of what you do in some of that, but it's also like necessary because we need to get people off the platforms and engaging with us in another way. Yeah. But, but yeah, so these are kind of how we for all of the platforms that we are alive on, like actually creating new content for, um, for all of these, this is our focus. So Instagram, like Courtney just said, it's not about sales for us. It is not about driving new business. It is about community and connection and it's about engagement. It's not just about creation. And that is so, so important for us. I would also say a little bit of brand authority, too. Mm-hmm. like yeah. showing that we we're like, we're experts in our topics. This is what our brand looks like. This is what we sound like. This is who we are. So it's it's showing your brand through that lens, but also being very authentic and having real conversations with your community. Absolutely. And just the other day, like just yesterday, I just popped on and voice messaged someone who I didn't know at all and was just like, hey, I saw you because of through someone else. And I just wanted to say hi. Like, that's just a, it's not, I don't want anything. You don't need anything from me. We don't need to make this salesy. It's just when you see other like-minded people out there who are doing something similar to you, or like in our case, we just love connecting with other duos because we're just like (laughs) another duo. Ah, this is awesome. So we just love to like say hi and just connect because there are so many connections that we've made that way that have actually blown into full blown friendships. Yep. So. And it's like the fun thing about that space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what social media is for, to be social. We talk about this all the time, like bringing the social back in social media. Yes. Um, For us, for Pinterest, Pinterest is a website traffic driver for us, and it is there to help grow our email list. So we use it to post all of our blog posts, our podcast show notes. Uh, We'll use it to share all of our free resources so that we can grow our email list. And that is not... Pinterest's job is not to bring us new clients. Its job is to grow our email list and then our emails and our email strategy is what brings us new clients. So that having that mentality around what this platform is doing for you is so important because if you are contracting that out or if you are owning that platform, you need to know that the pressure of that platform or the ROI of what you're spending to contract out on that has to relate back to what that objective is. So for us, it's actually email subscribers is what the relation to how much we're going to spend on Pinterest is going to be. Mm -hmm. Not how many clients we get from Pinterest because truly not a lot. Like we have had some, like a handful of inquiries from Pinterest, but not not a lot. No, not a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most people will come through our email list. Yeah. Yeah. Which could be through Pinterest. (laughs) And it's like, it's that mindset of how one channel can actually help grow the other channel. Mm-hmm. Like this is that perfect example that Pinterest is helping grow our email list, which is helping bring in more clients, which is part of the ROI. Yeah. So really you don't have to be on every platform everywhere and doing the same thing. You have to think about how that platform is going to best work for you. Even if that platform is essentially 
helping out another platform or channel that you're working Mm -hmm. on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Our blog, obviously, as SEO experts, we dedicate time to our blog. So that is number one growth for that is website traffic, email subscribers, podcast subscribers. It kind of depends on the blog post based on what we're talking about. Sometimes you can get specific as like the blog post is actually talking about like ways to rebrand your business. And ultimately, we're using that as a driver to bring in more business for a rebrand um, potentially from a client perspective. But overall, a lot of times what we'll do, so like we know our top performing blog post is all about um, creating the best Gmail signature. Which I love. Yeah. So so funny. (laughs) But also like that is a little bit tied to brand collateral and brand assets. So a way that we could help drive more clients or capture that audience is by adding a pop-up or by adding a mention throughout that blog post of how they can get a free branding resource and then therefore get on our email list. Mm -hmm. So using your high performing blogs and actually understanding your analytics can, can end up being revenue drivers if you strategically think about that in the right way. But don't like stress yourself out about it. Just and like, don't try yes. to find like your That's five. That's an after the fact. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't know that this was going to be one of our best performing blogs. Mm-hmm. And then we saw that. So you have to capitalize on that. And mm-hmm. like, how can you, how can you leverage that to bring in more clients? Yes. Yeah. But the blog itself, as we write the post is not like this blog post that I'm writing right now needs to bring in three clients for me. Because if you right. have that mentality, it's not going to work. Really, it's just all about, I know people are searching for this topic. I hope this is going to bring in website traffic for me. That is the ROI of this blog post is how much website traffic I bring in. So, yeah. And just always remembering to check those analytics mm-hmm. and yes. keeping track of those high-performing posts. Always. Yes. Um, our podcast, another place that we show up right here. Uh, this is, again, like how we position this is for you guys and all of our listeners to really understand who we are as human beings, how we think, just like the overall process of how we do our work, because we want to make a connection with you more than just, here's the tips for the best things you need to be doing to grow your SEO this year. Like we could write that out in a blog post. We could write that out in an email, but you don't get our personality through it. And I think that is so important. And the coolest thing about that pod, the podcast, um, for us. And also this is the largest driver for us of new client inquiries, which was not expected, no, I'd say, no. when we first started this. Mm-mm. Um, but it is such a great way to reach a new audience. And then also like guest podcast collaborations are the same type of thing of like getting on other people's audiences and all of that. So this actually ends up being like a lower part of the funnel for us. Like it is more of a sales driver, but it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it. No. So, it's like which is it's one of the easiest kind forms of content that we create Mm -hmm. I would say yeah Um, it's no pressure it's literally just us kind of brain dumping everything that we know and do and how we work and it's probably the most fun Mm -hmm. channel that we work on yeah if I had to pick a favorite it would for sure be this yeah I'd quit everything else yeah (laughs) well Instagram would would be kind of hard for me to like go Uh, and then the last one where we show up is email. And again, that's the very, very bottom of the funnel. Like we still share education. We still share tips, but this is the closest I'd say to selling Mm -hmm. than anything else that we do. Um, and you can kind of like throughout all those platforms. So like Instagram, Pinterest, blog, podcast, email, 
you can kind of see the funnel of how the self comes to life. What are like the big wide net captures of like just bringing people into our universe? And then what are the things that are actually sales drivers for us? Because if you put the pressure on all of your platforms to be a sales driver, you're going to be really disappointed. And you're going to burn out. Yeah. Very quickly. And feel stressed and just feel like, what am I doing wrong? And it's just, honestly, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just the mental capacity you have of making all these platforms do everything for you. Yes, absolutely. So you're probably wondering why we just listed off five that we focus on when we <laughs> when we told you at the beginning that we were going to just tell you to do one. Um, and we have we have an answer. They're, they're like, we're li- you're liars. What are you doing? They're like, wait, you are already halfway to twenty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, not halfway. Oh my, oh my goodness. This is why I don't work math. in Excel. Math you guys. is math and numbers. Wow. Halfway. Okay. So we have answers to this. And the first one is that there are two of us. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are a duo and therefore we are able to both pick a platform or a channel and work on that. Um, And I obviously, I think everybody knows if you've followed along that Instagram is mine and the big one for Abby would be, I would say email. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we really like, she knows that I'm going to take the grid and run with it. As far as all that content goes, I know that she's going to take that email and run with it as far as that content goes. And we really both focus really hard on those two channels within our business. And then the other ones is this is the second answer to that question is that we have a lot of help. We hire help for Pinterest. We, um, you've probably heard of Eden. I'm sure we've talked about her a Mm -hmm. couple of times, but she helps us with blog writing and our podcast show notes and a little bit of social. She is mm-hmm. dabbling in our social a little mm-hmm. bit here to kind of take the load off of myself as well. Um, and then, yeah, my husband, husband edits all of our podcast graciously out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> so uh, if we, like podcasting is a very like joint effort, I'd say for the most part. And really though, like we just have to show up and record. And we have to think through the content and how we're going to talk about the content. And that is heavy lifting on our plates, but not, again, like we said, it's the funnest thing that we do. Yeah. So it's actually- and it forces us to get together. Yeah. And we batch it. So mm-hmm. that makes it so much easier. Yep. So from that perspective, this part of it is easy. But once we're done with this, we're done. Like someone else edits, someone else writes the show notes, we hit publish essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this podcast possible for us. And we knew that when we started, we knew when we started this podcast that we didn't have time to do those things and we needed help in order to make this channel work for us. Yeah. So we are staying true to our one platform. One we a person. Yes. <laughs> um, I would say too, I think it was really, I think a lot of people get scared about like starting a podcast and all the things that like, yeah, recording is the easiest, but then all of the things that have to happen afterwards. And that's where with us hiring people to do that work and to help us, it has been so beneficial. I think everybody at first with their own small business is like, oh, I can't spend my dollars. I can't do that. I don't, you know, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I should do it. But we found that when we started doing that, we actually had time to focus more in our business where we needed to. Therefore, we were capturing more inquiries. We were bringing in more clients. We were making Mm -hmm. more money. So it just made sense to Mm -hmm. keep doing that because we're, we needed a bigger team than just us as a duo. Yes, yeah. we're the faces of the business and we're the brand, but we needed help from other people that can help us in these channels. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it did make us more money. So you yeah. have to really 
it's it's a hard thing to wrap your head around to hire things out mm-hmm. but it's all run, it yeah actually... it all goes back to that objective though and then understanding why you're hiring out what you're hiring out and what their job is yes. because it is not your contractor's job to bring you clients or to bring you revenue. It no, is not. Absolutely like, not. That's if, way too much pressure. Yeah. It's like not even fair. And I think we we make this mistake of putting that pressure on those people to bring us clients. And if they don't bring us clients, we cut them off. And that is so unfair. And I think the expectation you really need to understand is your goal is that I want you really pushing my free resources on Pinterest and growing my email list. And if that's growing, you are doing your job. Now it's my job to sell to my email list that you're helping me capture. Absolutely. That is like very clear. You know what's working for you. Same thing with like blog writing. If you are getting website traffic, your blog writing is working. But if it's not the right type of clients, then maybe the content ideas need to be tweaked. Mm -hmm. But then you also need to be the one that's looking at your analytics and finding a way to capture that website traffic so that then you can sell to them. It is not your contractor, your VA, your writers. It is not their job to bring you business. No. And that is so important. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was my little tangent. I wasn't even planning on going on, but I'm glad we got there. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the most important thing that you need to remember when you're choosing this one platform is that you need to go all in and you need to be yourself on whatever platform that is. So like I talked a little bit about how like TikTok is most likely not for me, but if I'm going to go all in and be on that platform, I'm going to show up as myself. I am not going to show up as someone else. No, I won't. Unless Courtney makes me. And that's usually after a few cocktails, but (laughs) um, Oh, speaking of cocktails, we're supposed to have a cocktail right now. No, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Next episode. (laughs) Next episode. We'll talk about duo happy hour later. But anyways, um, we really think that when you're showing up on your platforms, you need to show up a hundred percent as you. And if you can't show up a hundred percent as you, then don't show up. No show up somewhere else, choose a different platform because that is beyond important. And we Mm -hmm. talk a lot about sharing some tips about how to show up more authentically because I think this can feel like a lot of pressure too. So if you scroll all the way back to episode 26, you'll see that episode all about some tips on how to just authentically be yourself. And I think too, you just need to remember that if you are in a space and you aren't showing up authentically and you aren't enjoying it, your audience is going to see that. Mm-hmm. And you might not, you might think you're a good actor and actress, or you might think that you can fake it until you make it. But I guarantee you, if you are feeling that way, your audience is also feeling that way. A hundred percent. So not everyone's going to agree with this. I think there's a lot of people out there who might like believe truly that if you aren't showing up on video, you are not going to succeed. And I truly don't think that is true. <laughs> I think you can meet a ton, a ton of people who are not showing up in video and have very successful businesses. One and if they are- One of them would be my husband, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he hates. Right? I've, been, I've been so like, we got to do reels. And he's just like, absolutely not. That is not what I want to do. And, and he's, he's doing good. Right? And it doesn't mean that you can't like- Sure. Maybe if he was to add email to his arsenal, he would get more clients and grow his exactly. business faster. Yeah, for sure. But there's a time and a place for all of that. And I think that's the important distinction. And like if we go back to what we said earlier of this isn't forever, it's understanding that, that you need to still love your business and like it. And if you're trying to be everywhere and do everything and putting this unknown pressure on yourself, you're not going to love your business. It's not going to grow. And 
ultimately you might get to the point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And those are just not the things that we want for you. Right. Exactly. So let's get back to really just loving our business and more importantly, loving our lives beyond this business because it's not just about work. So if being on one platform is going to give you back some time in your life where maybe you can go take a nap or read a book or do something else, that's great (laughs) because we don't have to grow our business every second of the day. No, you can still be a human and be you. So thank you for listening to another episode of Duo on Air and we'll see you next week. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please go ahead and leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We absolutely love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.